Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I came across a gold mine. I was just thinking about a few things, and I feel very strongly that the kryptonite to all things growth, all things amazing and beautiful is acceptance. Acceptance, in my opinion, is the foundational kryptonite to all things that lacks growth. And I stumbled across this notion because I was reading Romans 8, and immediately upon reading it, a whole bunch of fluttered thoughts just came in my mind, and I'm like, got to pick up the phone and call you. You know how we do. So I'm going to just jump right into it. You know I read from the NLT version, the New Living Translation. So Romans 8, I want to start at 16. It says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Pause. Immediately there, because I am still in a human body in a human shell, I'm a spirit being going through a human experience, but I'm very much so still on earth. I immediately thought to myself after reading that, but I don't want to. <laughs> like, real talk. Um, Christ, shouts out for what you did on Calvary. Um, I don't want your suffering. Listen, you are more man than any man could ever be man, okay? Um, I think that you took upon yourself a tremendously brave role that no one can ever, ever replicate, right? So the sufferings that you are able to bear, sir, I can't do that. Okay, um, I say when a lot faster than you did. You let them folks spit on you, slap you, um, take the little lashing thing, uh, beat you to the white meat, um, put a wreath on your head with thorns. Like you did a lot and shouts out to you. But um, if that's the suffering that I have to partake in, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, take a line out of your book. Um, if this cup can pass, you know, if we can just you know, scoot that along. I don't want that portion. Like that's the burnt sunflower seed in the package. Like I'll eat the rest of it, but the burnt ones, I don't really, it just messes up the experience in my opinion. And I always wanted to write to the sunflower seed company, but I digress. But immediately all those thoughts came in. I'm just be absolutely, listen, this is how I read the Bible. God and I have a, have a relationship where I just keep it realer than real. And I read that part and I looked up and I was like, hey, um, why? Because I don't want to. And then because he knew that's how I thought, he was like, continue reading. I said, okay, I'll do it. So the very next verse, verse 18 says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. 19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. And I felt a little guilty. Yeah, I'm scratching the back of my neck because that's what happens when you're nervous. Um, I was like, oh, read it again, 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So what that's really saying in modern day translation is, sir, ma'am. Okay, what you're getting ready to experience, you know, whatever little sufferings that you are about to partake in, 
it is a micronism, microscopic compared to the to the awesomeness you're about to see later. And I was like, okay, you know what? Who am I that I prefer the butterfly experience, but I want to fast forward all things caterpillar and cocoon? Who am I, right? I feel like, God, I was made to have wings. I was made to be beautiful. Light fluttering across the daffodils and just prancing along different flowers. I am a being that likes to be in good weather. Um, there's so many benefits to being the butterfly, right? Who wants to crawl around on however many legs a caterpillar has? I've never looked at a caterpillar you know, just a modern day one, not one that you find in the depths and you're like, ooh, but I've never looked at the caterpillar and said, um, yeah, it's a word, and said, oh, that's beautiful. I, If I could be any any insect in the world, I would be. No, it just was never crossed my mind, a pinky promise. And then to be um, in the equivalent of a psych ward where you're strapped up, cocoon style, right? Um, just never looked at that process and said, man, you know, I love sleep, so that would be dope. No, that's not the hibernation um, that I was looking for. And it immediately made me go and just think about this whole human experience. The fact that we take a very buffet approach to life. And it's a little bit appalling, if you will. We take a buffet experience with uh, people, relationships. And it's just like, if we had it our way, we'll just take what we like, a little bit of that, a little bit, I'm sorry, what's that? Who made the potato salad? Okay, nope, don't want that. We, I'm sorry, is that pork? Okay, yeah, and we'll just go ahead and take all that benefits us, or all that's appealing to the palate and to the eye, and we'll leave the rest like scraps behind, right? And so reading this, it was like, why do we do that? Why don't we just accept something in this entirety? My goodness. If Jesus went ahead and took all, all that we couldn't take on Calvary, just to say, hey, you're going to experience some level of suffering, may not be the same that I experienced on Calvary, but you're going to experience some of the sufferings because it's only fair. <laughs> it wasn't fair that I had to do this, but it's only fair that if you're going to take part of the crown, you got to take part of the Calvary. You see what I'm saying? That was postable. You can go ahead and do it while we talk. Um, but I thought about the dating life. Is the buffet effect, which I'm going to neatly coin it for this conversation, is the buffet effect the kryptonite to relationships? Like, are we looking at people like, ah, I mean, I love that you, but if I can take away that, 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 that it's like by the time you're done, it's like you should have just ordered from the a la carte portion of the menu. I mean, seriously, like you are you looking at meals and you're like, hey, this um hamburger, is it beef? OK, so let me get the number one. Um, no beef. If you can substitute that with um, organic leaf 
grass-fed turkey meat. Um, the cheddar cheese, can you take that off? Give me provolone. Um, the tomatoes, is it organic? It's okay. Can you take that off and just give me an organic cucumber slice, too, to be exact? Um, that lettuce, is it shredded? Yeah, can you replace that with the romaine organic as well? Um, but I don't want it on the sesame bun. If you can just wrap it up in the organic tomato basil, if you will. Um, and the mayo, can we swap that for some, a little bit of mustard? Um, do you guys have vinaigrette? Oil, vinegar, salt, pepper. Okay, can you find it and then put some oregano? It's like you are creating a whole different experience. And it's like, listen, you need to get to the point, especially in the dating life. Hope I didn't make you hungry, but let's focus on the dating life. If the person is not primarily packaged with some things that you like, a majority of the things that you like, then walk away from the order. It's not for you. While you picking away at what you don't like on a person, somebody else is like, I love that about you. And that is the reason, yep, I'm getting ready to go Kanye. We're getting ready to go on this rabbit trail real quick. That is the reason why by the time people get to who they really are supposed to be with, they are so broken down because people have been picking at them along the journey to getting to their person. Hmm? The thing that you felt, I remember hearing Cardi B say, yes, Cardi B, we're going to take it from the deaconess real quick. She said that all her relationships, they was always telling her, you know, you're weird, you're too goofy, you you know, and kind of like pointing and poking fun at the fact that she has a sense of humor. Guess what? She held on to that through the grace of God. And now it's one of the things that many people love about her. It got her notoriety. She was noticeable on that show. I don't remember. Oh, Love and Hip Hop. She was able to, I mean, keep that. And that's what a lot of people are suffering at. You went ahead and picked that. You know, somebody didn't like the way that you dressed, so you changed your dress code, and now you're uncomfortable. But now you're attracting, after that relationship, people who are attracted to the way that you dress now and you're like I don't understand why I'm attracting all these people because you picked up a trait that wasn't you that is palatable to people that's not for you you see what I'm saying you know she didn't like the nice guy so now you tried to be a little yo yo not mean you heard and now you're picking up all these scallywags and you're like but I really want someone educated and who talks properly and it's like but sir you went ahead and got a 6'9 Takashi situation on your face you went ahead and got face tats you know permanent marker if you will and now you're wondering why you're being approached by these people that you like I'm not attracted to that person who picked at you for you to change the course of your journey who came along in your life and said you don't speak up enough so now you speak too much someone who made you feel in the relationship, man, you know, I suppressed my feelings. So now you talk extremely too much about your feelings. And in one relationship, you were quiet. Now you clap off at any given point. You, you're overly defensive because you walked away from that relationship feeling like nobody ain't going to ever, and I wish somebody would. And now you got all these inner vows that you made to yourself, but all you really did is create these inner walls that the person that's for you has to climb and it has barbed wire on it so now someone has to get hurt in order to love you yeah I'm gonna let that sit for a little bit 
let the Holy Spirit take me where he want to take me. I just, I pray before these conversations and I let him just go ahead and take his course. But it is unfair. If you are the person picking at a person, one, you are the more dominant one in a relationship. And there's a certain responsibility that comes with being the more dominant one. That means that you have a certain level of power that you need to be responsible for. Meaning, if you are picking, 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 that means that you are the one that has the more power to go ahead and walk away. Because let me explain something to you. Someone who has a strong posture is not going to let you keep bending their shoulders. They're going to go ahead and say, you know what? I'm out. It's clear. I'm not for you, dog. I'm not for you. And I'm not finna sit here and try to adjust my chair and, and my posture and up and down and up and down for you. Listen, this is how I'm sitting. And the person that's for me is going to come alongside of me and sit straight up with me. But if my posture is too little, too strong, too, too, not, not enough for you, then you need to walk away. So dominant person, be dominant enough not to bully someone into trying to be God eye view and where you're trying to create a different set of pot, a different set of clay rather. If you are the more dominant one, then you have the responsibility of walking away. It is not fair. If they do not quench your palate, then go ahead and say, you know what? Wrong restaurant. And it's okay. Doesn't make you a quitter. Doesn't make you the wrong person. But it very much leaves an impression on the person that you are trying to go ahead and reshape. It is not your job to reshape a person. When you get in a relationship it is your sole purpose to build one another up. You are so busy breaking people down that if we looked at the past of everyone that you came into contact with, it's no wonder that everyone is brittle. And now all of a sudden you calling people crazy and, oh, she won't stop calling. And yeah, because what you've done is you've attached your own respiratory system to someone. And so that the point that when you leave, they feel like they can't breathe without you. That's not fair. That is abuse. That is a bully mentality in the emotional and mental realm. And if you have the dominance in the relationship and it is no longer serving you, it probably never served you, but you just figured, ah, if I stay here long enough, you know, I can go ahead and shape this person the way. No, you don't shape people. Who gave you that authority? Who gave you the authority to break people where it is palatable to you? Maybe, sir, ma'am, dominance. Maybe God made this person so huge that their furniture doesn't fit in your life. Maybe what you call too small is just that it's a proper impairing. No, the table is not too small. It's just that your living room is too wide for this person. Everyone is the furniture that they were meant to be. And I want you to visualize this. Everyone is the furniture that they were meant and called to be. The people in your life are supposed to come alongside you and begin to decorate and strengthen that. You don't come to a love seat and then go to work like you bobbed a builder trying to make it a recliner. No, no, no. You come along, the right person comes along and they add a pillow, they add a throw throw a blanket real quick they go ahead and put you against the right color scheme a little accent wall if you will they put the right art around you 
they make you feel like once you came into their lives, once you came across this particular love seed, this thing is shining brighter, better, and, and more than it ever has when it was alone. Because we do need other people in our lives to reach our fullest potential. I do believe that. I believe that the Bible says iron sharpens iron, which means that I was sharper once you came into my life. Without no one being in my life, if I'm just being used, 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 it does it does at some point make me dull. You see where I'm going with that? And so with that, same notions, keeping the iron sharpening iron analogy, which is actually biblical, you are supposed to come along someone and make them sharper. You make them better. You make them shine. You may, And when you're sharpening someone, guess what? You're being sharpened as well. You may start to appreciate other people in your life. You're like, you know what? All this time I'm trying to make a twin bed a queen size. My bad. Let me go ahead and just start appreciating the twin size that you are. It doesn't make you wrong that you're twin size and I dream of or I'm aspiring to be alongside of a king size it just means I appreciate the twin that you bring in my life let's stop trying to contort people in the way that we deem palatable for our lives that is unfair God made seven billion billion trillion I don't know what the number is now of people on this earth you don't get to come to someone and say ah you know what you would be dope you know what let me go ahead and expose real quick do you know how many Lou Hezors, that's um French for loser, mm-hmm, I learned it yesterday, um, came along my life and was trying to contort me and what would make me dope in their life? Some people were like, oh, you would be awesome if you were like this many pounds thicker, right? Because I came from New York, came down to Georgia, and people had a whole brand new idea of what my awesome was. And so it was like, oh, then, you know, when you met the short people, it was like, ah, if you was like, you know, a little bit shorter because she's very much 5'9", 5'10". I'm going to just start saying 5'10". I think I'm literally 5'9", 3 fourths, but nobody's saying all that measurement. I'm not centimeters. We're not doing all that. I'm 5'10". Have a nice day. With heels, I'm a good six strong. Have a nice day. Six one if you're nasty. Um, But my husband likes it. So. <laughs> but... I came along short people that was like, you know, if he was just, then you come across somebody else that was like, oh, I really like them dark skin. You know what? If you had the, the, the eyes that, and you know what? If I allowed those people to kind of rearrange the masterpiece that God said that I am, hmm, family, for those in the back, did you hear that? Just want to make sure. Okay. Am I on speaker? Hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody's getting ready to hear me. Um, you don't dare come across a masterpiece and try to go ahead and, and redeem it, which you call art, sir. Your dollar, uh, general family dollar version of art has nothing to do with what God made with this Picasso. Hmm. I mean, I could hold real quick if you wanted to tweet it, cause I'm patient. You know, patient endurance. Galatians, okay. So I just have this whole different notion of it. Just reading that whole scripture was like, time out. Who are we? To we try to buffet everything. You're gonna buffet Christ? You're gonna buffet relationships? 
Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand and just go ahead and give a testimonial. Hmm? Um, I'm not going to fit. When I got married, there were some things that I was like, oh, is, is that the relative that I'm going to have to deal with? Because I really don't want to. Okay. Um, I prefer not. So if we can move to Canada real quick and have no communication with a certain amount of people, I would feel great. And I'm sure when my husband came along with me, he was like, am I going to have to deal with that neck roll every time you got something to say, Miss New York? N no. She worked on it, okay? I may or may not be doing it now because I'm, I may or may not be rolling my – listen – Sometimes she slip into her ways, but you know what? I got a patient husband, so shouts out to the Lord and how the clay He made him from. Hmm? <laughs> you know. But the point of the matter is, can we not be so feeble-minded that we feel like this experience will be better if you don't get to start picking away at? the mold of a person like you deem it cancerous. That is such a disservice to people in general because, in my opinion, we are going on this everlasting journey of really discovering the layers of us. Like, have you noticed that we evolve? Like, if you really are paying attention to growth, we evolve to the point that it's like, you know what? In your teenagehood, it was really, really important to you who your friends were, if people liked you, you know, if somebody was talking about you, um, you know, all of that kind of, hey, you know, I, I, I want to be accepted in, in a communal way, way, right? You wanted everybody to accept you. Then you got in your 20s and you like, eh, just as long as my homies love me. Like, the people close to me, I just want to... I'm not trying to really have a whole... Like, life is not Facebook. Life is not social media. I'm not trying to... I'm not really in the quality, quantity, you know, the number system of it all. I'm more so looking at the, the quantity. I want to make sure that I have some, you know, authentic people around me. And then you start really realizing, like, you know what? I don't know, around the, like... Closer to the 25, 26, when your brain starts really fully developing and start connecting to what it needs to connect to, right? You start feeling like the stuff that I used to be concerned with, it don't really bother me no more. Then when you get to your 30s, you're like, mm, the things that I was trying to ascertain, it's not important to me. Bro, I don't want the flashiest of the flashiest. Like, I'm really trying to, like, do some generational wealth here like I'm not chasing no job and title and uh -uh. you start really in your 30s and that whole 30 era you start really wanting to gravitate toward authentic happy and happy is not a new release of a sneaker the newest model of a car it's really nothing we start really chipping away at it's not tangible anymore yes we want nice things but we want it on a budget okay we start to appreciate our sleep way more getting closer to our 30s and especially in our 30s. 
And I have yet to reach the 40 and the 50 and the 60 and the 70s, but I would just be um, wise to assume that we would still be on track. I already know I'm closer to 40, okay? A woman never tells her age, you have a nice day, you have a nice day. Um, but I'm closer to 40, and I could already see that I'm starting to evolve to the portion of, listen, I love my peace. And anyone who's trying to take a piece of my peace, I take my whole cake and you get no peace. You see, you see what I did with that? That was a hot 16. I'm, I mean, somebody need to go ahead and just put it in their rap. I wish I had a, a beat to it, but I digress. Um, you start getting really, really tuned in to your peace and anything that's affecting those who you have around you. Like, I'm going to go ahead and be 100 with you. Soup, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and be 200 with you. Anything that is affecting um, my peace my marriage, my children, I start to go straight queen of hearts. Like, off with your head, bruh. <laughs> off with your head. At this juncture in my life, rearing the end portion of my 30s, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that has such a priority that it trumps the peace of those that I deem important in my life. I will cut off a friendship, a relative, a job. Um, as much as I love lasagna, it can get these hands. Like, at this point, there's nothing else because I have come to the conclusion I am in a covenant relationship with my husband. There is no other relationship outside of my relationship with Christ and Father God and the Holy Spirit that will ever trump that. I don't like to use the word Trump because of obvious reasons that will ever be a higher priority. And so my thing is, I can honestly say, had I gotten married earlier than that, like shouts out to people who got married at 19. Oh my goodness. Listen, I don't know what kind of home training that you had that equipped you for the long haul, but God bless you. I never understood when people were like, oh, they got married young, and so, you know, they grew apart. No, you know what it really is? You don't really know yourself unless you had a spectacular, spectacular um, upbringing and you've seen a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship. You would have had to be cut from a mold that was like, sir, ma'am, you have an advantage over a trillion people. I'm going to just go ahead and say like, literally, you got a head start that most people have to go ahead and catch up to. But I don't know if I would have had that same, this is my covenant relationship, um, if I would have gotten married in teens or even early 20s. I don't believe I would have had that posture. Not when your friends and what they say is most important. And you have to have a very strong background to feel like, or backbone, rather, to feel like this is my marriage and what's it's so precious to me that I don't go off blurting and venting to just anyone. Yes, you need someone to talk to, but pray on wisdom on who you speak to. You can't just speak to your homegirl because she gets you. No, she's very, what is her relationship, dating, marriage? Matter of fact, is she married? There's a certain amount of things that you can't, I'm never going to go to my childless friends and say, hey, 
um, did you breastfeed? You can't give me breastfeeding and mommy and advice. You probably can give me it, but it will be secondhand knowledge. And the best advice comes from someone who walked it out, who actually conquered this particular mountain and who is furthering their journey and becoming greater. That's the best advice you can get. That's why I highly recommend that anywhere that you want to go, that you surround yourself with at least one or two people who have already gone there. Yay to the people who are trying to journey with you, but I'd much rather learn how to walk from somebody who's already jogging. I don't want to be in a room full of crawlers. We're all crawling. Great. Okay, I'm around like-minded people. That's awesome. But I really want to be around some people who are walking. I'd rather be around some people who are jogging. You see where I'm going with that? And so my whole notion, again, on going back on, I love my rabbit trails because the Holy Spirit just be taking me places. I'm like, ooh, what's over there? (laughs) But essentially, you can't pick apart a person. You should never be able to pick apart a situation You should never even be comfortable enough to start feeling like, uh, I would like you more if. I would, but, but. That's not fair. When you do that, you become the sole reason why someone is incomplete. And if I know you like I know you, that's not what you want to do. You're not getting to the portion where you feel like my life's sole purpose is to start chipping away at people so that they can fulfill my needs, but they will never feel fulfilled in their life. I don't think that's what we were called to do, and I don't think that's what you intended to do. And when you zoom out, unfortunately, that's the experience that you're leaving people with. You are leaving people with the thumbprint of, oh, my goodness, this is what's happening. But matter of fact, somebody actually just is at my door. I'm going to go ahead and end this. I feel like you got what you need. But all right. Okay, I'm coming. I ain't going to hold you. Later.